It has been a very, very busy week in Ottawa, even though everything happening outside of Ottawa, certainly. We've got all this stuff going on with uh, the terror charges and, of course, with Mr. McCallum and his uh, verbal diarrhea that he has seemingly caught. Uh, let's bring in Mercedes Stevenson to the conversation. Of course, she is our Global News Ottawa Bureau Chief, also host of West Block, which you can catch here on Sundays at 11. Third, 11? 11. Uh, she joins us now. Well, here we are on a Friday, Mercedes, of yet another crazy, busy um, news week in politics, certainly. But um, let's talk about Kingston, because this has such wide-reaching implications. We don't know anything, because the RCMP, uh, who held a press conference today, decided that they'll hold the press conference, but they really won't tell us anything. Why are they being so closed-lipped uh, on this thing? Well, that's a good question. I mean, in some cases, there's reasons, like the fact that um, you're dealing with somebody who is a minor. Right. And whenever it's a minor, regardless of how serious the charge, they have to be very, very careful mm-hmm. because um, that person is still a teen. Mm-hmm. And um, there's sort of this moral element around somebody who's made bad decisions, allegedly, that early in life. And in fact, one of the investigators who I talked to last night, um, who had worked on this case for a national security agency, I'll leave it at that, because there's a lot of people that could be, um, was aware of who one of the people um, involved was and said they actually found it quite sad because this was someone with their whole life ahead of them and they had really hoped this person would turn it around and not make the bad choices that they police allege they did. Um, and that there was a really a sense of sadness. This is someone who's quite a hardened investigator who's done a, a lot of counterterrorism work. Um, and they're saying, you know, this is really sad from their perspective. So I, I think that that's part of it to be fair to the police is that you are talking about someone who's quite young. Um, on the other hand, it's frustrating for the public when they're saying things like they found traces of explosives, they destroyed something, they won't say what it is. Um, there's sort of this weirdness around why did they move it? And I was talking to a source about this, and I, I haven't got to the bottom yet, Alex, but why would you move something to a McDonald's parking lot to destroy it? Um, did it become unstable on the way? Because typically there's two modes. You either destroy it on site or you move it to a facility and destroy it. Right. Um, the fact that it was destroyed part way was it something that's unstable? Um, we don't know. But this person knows an awful lot of explosives, and they found it very strange. Right. Uh, and then I heard from a contact who used to be a bomb tech who also said, like, that there's something weird with this. Um, so there's just all of these questions. We don't know uh, what kind of extremism they were allegedly involved with. They say there's no target um, or no Canadian target, that there was no imminent risk, and yet they suddenly acted. So what prompted that? There's right. a lot of questions about why this is happening. Right. And, and it's, you know, everyone says, well, stand back and just wait and see. But but this is becoming kind of habitual in this country where we get a vacuum and no information comes out. And then you get it filled with uh, speculation and innuendo and a lot of misinformation. Um, so why call the press conference at all? But again, this comes after a few days of, of this plane being spotted by people in Kingston, like everyone saw the plane. And now the RCMP say, no, 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 that the plane had nothing to do with it. We just made the arrest, which tells me they kind of had to go. They had to pull the plug on Well, it's like, how do you continue surveillance when people are openly speculating about what's that? Um, And this actually used to happen to the military in Afghanistan. They had certain assets that were used for surveillance that didn't look like what they really were. But people would start to notice after a few days there's something odd in their community and ask questions. What is that? Or who is that? Uh, And as soon as that starts, it becomes increasingly difficult for investigators. They deny that that is the case here. 
um, I've had two sources tell me that it absolutely was a factor uh, in their understanding, that there was yeah. concern that because there was so much notice of this claim um, and because people who do this kind of stuff tend to be a little on the paranoid side, the chance they'd either pick up on that and decide to act or to go completely silent, shut the plot down, um, is a risk. And so was that part of it? They're saying no. Uh, my sources are saying yeah. Okay. Did that then compromise this investigation in any way? Or, um, uh, you know, did it prevent them from maybe uh, getting more people or more information? Well, I mean, that's a question we don't know the answer to yet. They, they did manage to get terrorism charges, which are extremely difficult to get. Um, you'll think about a number of cases where you might have expected them to be laid, and they never were. Uh, instead, they charged people with murder or right. attempted murder. This is an actual terrorism charge. Uh, the bar for that is extraordinarily right. high in Canada, and we have a pretty good rate of convictions when you're charged with it. So they had very strong evidence there. The question to me is this 20-year-old mm-hmm. um, who is being released – they didn't say in the press conference, oh, it was a mistake, we didn't mean to pick him up. Um, they described him as a fellow traveler and a friend of the youth who has been charged. And they basically said, well, you know, we have 24 hours from the time of his arrest. It didn't give any indication that they were going to release him before that. Um, they also said the investigation is still active. That sounds like a lot of code for they were certainly interested in looking at this person more closely. Um, whether or not this person you know, ever would have had enough evidence to be charged is something we can't speculate on, we don't know. Could they still be charged? That's always a possibility, and it could be that the plot is wider than we're aware of, and they're still looking at other right. people, but they will publicly say, no, we're not looking for anyone else to try to allay that suspicion. Uh, because one of the things they always want to do is wait as long as possible, unless there's an imminent threat. Terrorism investigations don't go the way they described today. You don't say, um, okay, we have enough evidence, let's go now. They typically want to wait until as late as possible because you're trying to figure out everyone who might be connected to those people, who might have radicalized them, um, who might have given them money, who might have taught them how to make a bomb, all those questions because you want to ideally roll up an entire cell or an entire network whenever you can. Right. The other story of this, there's so many elements to the story, is is that one of the accused, the 20-year-old, would have and may have been, in fact, a Syrian refugee brought in under Mr. Trudeau's program. This becomes political. Um, very sensitive for him because this hits his brand. You know, he was accused and, and criticized for rushing this program, you know, to get votes. The big concerns being, are we vetting them properly? Are there security risks? And already, you know, the, the theme of the campaign is fear and division, fear and division. He was out last night saying, be, you know, be careful all the fear and division. And now he's out today talking about, you know, I won't tolerate uh, fear and division and 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 groups dividing. Um, you know, this shutting down and debate of, of any conversation about security, this, this becomes a problem for him, no? Well, I mean, it it certainly puts that question on the radar, but the individual who uh, we know to be a Syrian refugee based on the sponsors at the church telling us um, that, that this person is that would indicate that it's going to put it on the radar, but not in the same way as if that individual had been charged. We don't know anything about this minor at this point, um, and, and we can't speculate on it, but we do know that the person who was a refugee who was picked up has been released. So that that will kind of weaken it a bit, but for people uh, who are worried about this, obviously it's going to elevate it. I did speak with the former head of CSIS, uh, Ward Elcock, and he said he actually thinks that the refugee screening process is quite good. He said, look, it can never be at 100%. The other thing you don't know is when someone has been through those sort of experiences or traumas, they could come here with issues um, and not be radicalized when they arrive. So it may be that you legitimately have made it through the process as someone who's not radicalized, 
but radicalize after the fact. I mean, we've had lots of Canadian-born people radicalize. Um, you know, we've had lots of people convert to Islam in Canada and radicalize who were born here. So it's, it's not as simple as, well, because he came in as a refugee, he somehow dodged the process. He might have. He might have been radicalized and got mm-hmm. around it, uh, or he might not be radicalized at all, and that might be why they haven't charged him, or it could be something that happened after that person arrives in Canada. So there's still a lot of information we need on that. But, of course, for the uh, political parties who like to make this a hot-button issue in certain groups, sure. you can bet they will jump on it. Absolutely. And I, I wish I had more time with you, but I don't, of course. And then the other big story is is uh, Ambassador McCallum. Is he still the ambassador? Because this has been a tough week for the prime minister. These are big, big issues, and you know, it has not, I don't think, been the best week for him. It's, um, you know, it's a big week for for John McCallum. Uh, I I don't think PMO was too happy with him from what I was hearing from my sources. Um, This was, you know, there was a whole question of is this a gaffe or is this freelancing or is it sanctioned? Um, I haven't seen anything that made me think that it was sanctioned from the PMO. Uh, The sources that I've spoken to around there seemed uh, not thrilled. And, uh, you know, they're aware it just made it worse, right? Mm -hmm. You've made it worse. You've now also given China the perspective that maybe maybe the process is political because you have this weighing in so you know at the highest levels don't kid yourself um the people running the chinese government know exactly how the canadian legal system works so any implication that they really believe that it somehow is political no they're very smart people and they know better but it creates a perception problem although to be fair to mccallum some have argued that this has really softened the image in China, and it was seen as a kindness. So perhaps he thought that he was going to get the Chinese softened. But regardless of whatever he thought, he had to walk it back in a statement yesterday, and he's not been available to the media yet. Gee, so um, well, maybe, I don't think maybe if there was a Chinese media, he'll make himself available. But yes, I understand. Um, all right, I've got to let you go there. I know you've been busy, so we'll watch for a full rollout on uh, West Block with all of this and much more on Sunday. Thanks so much. Mercedes Stevenson joining us today. You're on point. I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.